Thank you for joining us for this episode of Journey Now, produced by Journey Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. For more information on Journey Church and our gatherings, visit journeytn.com. Welcome to another Journey Now podcast. My name is Kevin Dixon, and I am glad you joined us with our continuance here on our series that we are dealing with addictions, and we're calling it uh, Hooked. And today I have a friend with me who has um, started a, a ministry nonprofit organization that is called Plumline, of which I've actually participated in. And um, it has um, brought many things to light for me and taken me through processes that were good. Getting me in touch with, for one thing, my emotions, which I am very good at boxing up and putting in a corner. <laughs> Uh, but I do get a lot done. But my uh, my friend's name is Jake Smith. Say hey, Jake. Hello. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Mm-hmm. So we, as we continue, we've we've been in this uh, season of Journey Now podcast. As uh, we have talked with a trained psychologist, his name was is Dave Dave Hagen, and then we've talked to a couple of pastors here on staff about how we um, deal with addictions, but. There's, there's just so many variations of this, and there's so many different mm-hmm. ways that it plays itself out. And the primary reason we're doing this, Jake, is because our church uh, journey has asked people to write prayer requests every week. And in those prayer requests mm-hmm. is a lot of, oh, I'm really dealing with this habitual problem, this addiction, this... And some of them are process addictions where they're dealing with food problems or... Um, uh, no, that would be substance. Uh, substance abuse is part of that with alcohol, drugs, food. And then there's things like uh, pornography and other things that are more process-driven. Or video games. We have somebody that wrote in, I'm addicted to video games. I can't mm-hmm. stop. And how this then has this effect on their very lives because it consumes them. And it affects the people they live with. Mm-hmm. Um and so one of the things that I uh, learned about in, in Plumline was this idea of coping mm-hmm. and how human beings naturally move to that place. Can first just introduce what Plumline is designed to do. Sure. And then let's talk a little bit about how the heart kind of attaches to this idea of coping. Sure thing, Kevin. Thanks, Jake. Um, so Plumline, I call it a spiritual wellness company. Nice. And uh, everything we do is based on this ancient spiritual framework called the Shema, which Jesus affirmed, Mark 12, Matthew 22, Luke 10, um, when he was asked, what's the greatest commandment in the law? And, uh, you know, kind of what I hear when I hear that is like, what's the essence of life? Like, what is this all about? And in all three cases, he affirmed that the greatest or the essence of life is to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, there's nothing more important than this. Or in Matthew 22, he says, all uh, the law and all the commandments hang on that, right? It's a massive statement. So I pull from that, we at Pullman pull from that, what I now call our spiritual anatomy. And like the physical body has systems, circulatory, respiratory, so on. The spiritual anatomy has systems too. We have a heart system. Mm-hmm. We have a soul system, we have a mind system, and we have a strength system. And what good spiritual maturity and what good spiritual work and development looks like is, I've got to be 
attaching, making sure each one of these systems is attached, nourished, which means it's healthy, and then integrated, which means I can draw what I need to from it, the energy to face whatever life puts in front of me or to relate with them or to solve that problem or to deal with that uh, trauma. Right. So yep. when we talk about coping, okay, mm -hmm. This it's really talking before you move to that. Yes, just, just hey, an interesting. I'm like a I'm yeah. like a locomotive man. Yes. You got to just step in and yeah. stiff arm me sometimes. Yes, and that and and we'll get there. But um, part of part of um, the interesting dynamic of this idea of heart, soul, mind, and strength is humans have a dominant. Oh yeah. Um, and and with that dominant piece, yeah, comes um how we approach life that's in right. essence like mind dominant is mind uh -huh. i live in my my mind yeah and then um my natural tendency is then is to go to strength or to do things yours is a little different than mine yeah i start in strength mm -hmm. which is just this compulsive ambitious driven doing do something <laughs> and then i go over to soul and i start to dream about what it could be and i start to yeah you know, reverse engineer some whys, like why are we doing this, and why does it, why, why does this so important, why does it matter so much, and right. and I start to piece together a vision around what I've already started to compulsively build and do and achieve, a direction I've started right. to move. So yeah, I'm a strength to soul guy, and you're a mind to strength guy. Yeah, so you actually right. plan, plot, create yeah. some structures, some systems, some strategies, and then you move over into your strength and you start to build it. Yeah, one of the things that I found fascinating was. And and how you describe this in the in the uh, in the in the plumb line group was like there's some people that naturally start in the heart, uh -huh. and when they start in the heart, they're more impulsive. They're more um, likely to go, "Hey, I feel like doing this. So I'm going to do it." I and, and and you use the example of jumping off a cliff into a lake or into something, and mm -hmm. and, um, and somebody said. Oh yeah, that, that would be just. I would just do that. That's impulsive. That's like that looked like fun. Yeah. That looked like an adventure. Yeah, the feelings are driving it, man. It's like if you're passionate about it, right? It's in you. It's like let's suck the marrow out of life and and, and let's do it, right? Yeah. yeah. And he kind of looked at me and went, "You probably wouldn't jump off the cliff." And I said, "Oh, I I jump off the cliff. I would just have to make sure." all the details were in place let's go check make sure there's nothing just under the water how right. deep is this water right. how tall is this cliff yes. what trajectory should i focus on when I and go i'll watch the... you go yeah. that's right <laughs> and see how you hit do the a little water. research <laughs> right yeah <laughs> and then if it's if it looks like it would be fun or manageable yep. i'll do it yeah um but those are the and and we could meet there that's mm -hmm. the part that i found interesting yeah. was is that a heart person that goes to strength would meet somebody from the mind mm -hmm. in that place of strength. Sure. And, and that's oftentimes where relationships are forged and built, mm -hmm. but we approach life so differently. So differently. And so, yeah. so with that, it doesn't matter if you're a heart person, a mind person, a strength person, or a soul person as, as primary, all of those things are important. And that's what you're saying. And, and they work together. Yeah. And, but we have a tendency to neglect certain ones and we have, but enter into that then is this idea of we we learn to survive in the world and and with that comes this idea of coping yeah and that that's a for me was like not news but oh like 
that explains a lot of why I do what I do. Sure does. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In a best case scenario, we neglect critical parts of our spiritual makeup, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and right. as a result, that system in best case scenarios, when I'm neglecting it, becomes very malnourished, mm -hmm. right? It, it stays very immature. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't draw what I need to from it. Uh, sometimes it, I need a certain system to engage this conflict, for example, or to parent my son or whatever it may be. Right. But I, it's so malnourished and it's, you know, that I, I can't actually draw from it what I need to in a healthy way and in a spiritually mature way face whatever life's put in front of me. In a worst case scenario, the system is detached right. completely. Yeah. And so with either scenario, either malnourished or detached, that's when guys like Parker Palmer or Henry Nouwen or even Carl Jung in psychology yeah. start talking about us as being fragmented. I'm living a fragmented life or a, as a yes. fragmented version of myself instead of this other buzzword, instead of a holistic life or, or having a, integrated. an integrated life. life. That's right. This right. is what we're talking about. It's right. like you're missing a system or two or a couple of your systems are malnourished and they're in desperate need of development and maturity. <laughs> yes. And oftentimes some kind of trauma in your life or event in your life or something happened to you as you grew up or the mm -hmm. even the home origin home mm -hmm. where you grew up just didn't have any development in particular area of spiritual development. That's right. And so you just kind of go, well, it's just void. It's not yes, there. That's right. And often that area is the heart system. Right. You know, it, that's the one that, that uh, tends to be kind of deprioritized or, or swept under the rug or, or even shamed mm -hmm. uh, in us growing right. up. So one of the things that lives in heart is, is feelings or mm -hmm. our feelings. Mm -hmm. Okay. And most of us, if you're typical, you grew up in a home where you were basically, whether it was directly communicated or it was more like right. the writing on the walls, like if you want to be mature, you can't have feelings. Well, at least not those. Yeah, not, the, <laughs> not these big expressive, like, so if you're normal and you're having big feelings as a kid, you were sent to your room yeah. and you were not allowed to come out. Until you got it under control. That's right. Yeah. Until you're not having feelings anymore. Right. So get your head around the implications of this. <laughs> Go off by yourself, yep. and what's going to qualify you to rejoin the family, mm -hmm. like the prerequisite to being in the relationship is you can't be having feelings. Right. And so here's how this happens. Like we get taught from the time we're young not to live from our heart, like not to live with our heart. Like um, if you try to do that, life's going to chew you up and spit you out or something or, or, yeah. or whatever the, yeah. you're the just, unnamed philosophy is. You're just too sensitive and you're gonna, people are going to trample on you. People are going to use that to manipulate you. They're going to, so don't, don't allow that sensitive side to come out. And the problem is we're human beings and part of being a human being is you got feelings. Mm-hmm. And so now the question is, well, what am I going to do with this reality that I don't choose? Right. I don't, feelings are not right or wrong. Right. They just They're don't. just true or not true. Right. So I, I'm hurt. I feel hurt by what you said or did, or I don't. I, I'm afraid mm -hmm. or I'm not. Yeah. I'm sad or I'm not sad, et cetera, right? Yeah. They're not... They're not right or wrong, they're just true or not true. So when a feeling, not if, but when a feeling rises in me, mm -hmm. what do I do with that? Yeah. 
I'm either going to open myself to um, listen to my heart when it reaches for me with what it wants and needs, which is why feelings are important. There's wants and needs my heart has that are attached to those feelings. So when they reach for me with what they want and need with these feelings, am I going to honor it? Am I going to feel it? Am I going to reflect on it? Am I going to be curious with myself? Like, man, why did I feel so hurt by that? Why, Man, what is this sadness about? Uh, where am I at risk of being harmed, which is all fear is, you yeah. know, like those types of things. If I, I choose to do that and honor the feeling, which, um, you know, Dr. Chip Dodd calls being in the river of life, he calls it euphoria river, right? So right. here I am in the river of life, facing whatever life puts in front of me by being open to have my feelings, or I avoid or neglect or ignore the feelings that are true inside of me, which again, we're taught to do from the time that we're young. And the problem with that is when we do that, Mm -hmm. it has massive implications in our life. Right. And this is where the conversation of addiction and coping and coping come into comes in. Yeah. Cause you have to do something to either numb that or yeah. What do I got to do to not have feelings? That's basically it. Right. So that is a numbing activity absolutely it's like you know so i do stuff yeah i just i just work there's two categories (laughs) there's two categories of feeling avoidance you know according to dodd um one category is activity so it's like i'm just going to get real busy real high achieving Mm -hmm. real driven yeah uh and when i choose this approach to feeling avoidance i'm trying to instead of living life and experiencing life through feelings I'm going to crush life. Yes. I'm going to conquer life, right? That's even the metaphor. Yes, somebody like, man, how's work going? How you doing? Crushing it, man. Killing it. I'm killing it. I'm killing it. It's like, what are they talking about? I'm killing life. (laughs) And here's the irony. They're right. They are. And they're doing a really good job of crushing (laughs) and killing life instead of living it and experiencing it by avoiding their heart, their own heart, namely their own feelings with high-achieving, driven, compulsive doing and activity. And oftentimes, they're not just killing it for themselves. That's right. They're killing it for the people around them. Yeah, they're running so fast to stay ahead of these things called feelings, and they're outpacing everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody can catch up or get to them. Mm-hmm. They're too far ahead. They're too high up. They're too, like, yeah. you know, they're isolated. Yeah. So It is very isolating. The other way that we avoid feelings. Uh, by the way, when you do that, when you yeah. avoid feelings with activity, it always leads to chronic anxiety. Oh. And so there's a there's been a massive increase uh, clinically over the past few years in clinically diagnosed anxiety. Okay. And I believe that's part of the reason. It's, it's uh, people who are avoiding their feelings in their own heart with activity avoidance. Wow. And that's a hectic pace of life too. It's not just an anxiety. It's, yeah, it's a, where you get workaholism. Mm-hmm. It's where you get... Burnout. Yeah. T- All that stuff starts to come... Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that sounds terrible. What's my other option? You know, <laughs> at least well, we, at least we have options here. Yeah, Jake. if you yeah, want to avoid your feelings here. with activity, <laughs> what, what's plan B? So the other option is apathy. Mm-hmm. So uh, if if I don't want to choose crushing life, killing life, well, over here I'm going to avoid life and numb out and check out of it altogether. Right. So now I'm logging into Netflix, I'm binge watching things, I'm drinking a bottle of wine, mm. um, you know, I'm sitting on the couch eating a bag of chips, yep. you know, I, I'm just like, compl- I'm video gaming, yeah. and instead of living a real life mm-hmm. and achieving in a real life, I'm gonna 
achieving this alternate virtual reality. Fantasy. Fantasy. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing. I can daydream. I can fantasize. I mm-hmm. can talk about all these things I'm going to do. And it just, it's in my head and it never, you know. Right. You know, rubber never meets the road or anything. It's just, it's a fantasy. It's a dream, right? right? This is the other way I avoid my own heart and my own feelings. The problem with avoiding feelings like this is it always leads to depression. And life loses all of its meaning and its and its purpose. <laughs> so you have two extremes here. You have anxiety on one side and depression on the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we talk about coping, mm-hmm. we are we are coping with the fact that we have a heart and our heart feels things and reaches for us and we're not interested. So how do I avoid it? How do I drown it out? Um, mm-hmm. This is when I, the idea of copes come into play, and we have many copes. Right. Yeah. And you had us write them down. Like, I did. Um, one of mine is sitting on my desk right now. Yeah. Uh, a bag of licorice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Dear, yeah. I actually, in, in Plumline, we actually have people write a letter to their copes mm-hmm. as if it's a human being they're in a relationship with. Yeah. Dear extra long, juicy red licorice. <laughs> yes, you know. Right. And, somebody somebody graciously went to Hershey last week and bought this for me and gave it to me. So, and I, thank you. But uh, um, uh, and yet at the same time, Thanks it's for like nothing. Uh, I need to share. I need to share my licorice with people. Um, mm. But no, uh, there is there is some there's. I find solace sometimes in that. Yeah. Um, and I find, totally because it 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 gives me it 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 almost solves the equation for me. That's right. Almost. It doesn't, That's but right. it almost solves the equation. Yeah. In the letter we ask people to write to their cope, there's actually a section of the letter in the template that we provide where they tell the cope the benefit oh, yeah. that they've they've been offered in this relationship they have with mm-hmm. the cope. Right. You know? So dear wine, here's the benefit you offer me. Right. You know, dear um, you know, intellectualization. Uh, you know, someone who is constantly just consumed with learning and reading and collecting data and mm-hmm. analyzing, doing research to gain information and, and yeah. to, you know, know more, 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 more. Dear intellectualization, here is the benefit that you've offered me, you know, and, and pick anything can be a cope, right. right? I can avoid my own heart and feelings with anything I choose. And there is a benefit to that. In fact, mm-hmm. often we can say, thank God for what you learned to cope and avoid your own heart with growing up as a kid. Right. Or even in the, the teen years, the 20 years, the, even into the 30s, thank God for it. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it worked. Yeah, it's, like, it helped you survive. You survived. You're still sitting here. <laughs> right. So thank God. Listen to this. Thank God for alcohol. Mm. You know, thank God for Netflix. Thank God for comic books and video games and whatever it is that you were able to find to help you make it and face and get through whatever the heck it was that you had to face and survive and get through back there. Here's the problem. Yeah, there's a problem attached with that. The thing that helped you make it back there is going to be the same thing that steals your life now and steals your intimate, deep connections and relationships mm-hmm. from here forward. Right. And that's why we got to write these letters to our copes and in some way thank them. Thanks for what you did for me back there. But here's what you're costing me now. Right. And we've got to either renegotiate our relationship, like maybe maybe wine or Netflix or whatever it is, it's a cell phone, 
Yeah. I don't want you out of my life completely, but the way we're relating to each other is isn't not healthy. Yeah. And, it's, we, and it's not you, it's me. It's, yeah, we can still be friends <laughs> yes. legitimately, but but we're going to relate to each other differently than we have up till now. I'm not going to use right. you the same way I've been using you up until now because right. you're you're costing me too much. Yeah. And here's what I'd say about addiction, and, and this is yeah. all there's taught. A, there's right? a clinical thing in this as well. For sure. What, what, I'd say whether clinical or otherwise... The opposite of addiction, according to Dodd, the opposite of addiction is intimacy. Mm. And the way that we write that in Plumline is with hyphens. And, and my mentor, Jeff Schulte, taught me this, into hyphen me hyphen C. Right. Uh, it's, it's actually opening up my heart and offering in relationships someone I choose. Like, you should not do this with everyone, right? You should be very careful about who you choose <laughs> yes. to invite into me see, right? But when I want a relationship with you and I want to grow deeper with you, um, that's only going to happen if I'm willing to let you into me see. And I open up my chest and I, I talk. I, like, I'm so sad today. Or, or even what you said hurt or I have so much fear about this or that, right? It's my capacity and my willingness and my skills to let you into me see intimacy mm-hmm. yeah. um, that actually forms deep, sustainable, connected, long-term, meaningful, substantive relationships. Right. But what happens is, because I've learned from an early age to detach from my heart and not have my feelings, I don't have those skills. Those muscles are atrophied. And so I choose my copes and my addictions over intimacy. Right. And when we talk about recovery, yeah. This is actually what recovery is about. What are we recovering when we're in recovery from our addiction? We're getting back the thing that I lost when I chose my addiction over intimacy. And namely, what I'm recovering is I'm recovering relationships that were harmed Mm -hmm. or detached or isolated when I was caught up in choosing my addiction over them. I'm recovering relationship. Right. That's what recovery is about. How do I get back deep connections and intimacy with others? Yeah, that I in talking want? to like in the in uh, if you haven't listened to um, the first episode in this season, in talking to the trained psychologist, his name is Dave Verhagen. He he said that the the hardest thing is is to realize that you need other people to get through addiction. Mm-hmm. You need other people. Yes, um, <clears throat> it's why the twelve steps is has sponsors it's done in groups and mm-hmm. and even in other contexts where it's not a 12-step program because he talked about a bunch of different ways that you can go through recovery yeah. um but you need other people that's the intimacy you're trying to re- you're trying to move away from these artificial yes. relationships into real ones yes I'd say, you know, there's, there's such a, you know, a buzz language about, we, we generalize and we say, we just need love. <laughs> like, let's just love. The world needs more love. What the heck does that look like? Like well, John I, Lennon sang that song. All, all, all we need, need is, is love. love. Like, right. it's, so it's a, that's a great lofty idea, but what does it look like? Well, what loving someone looks like is to actually create space and to grow my capacity to hold space for their feelings. The feelings that are true. And I feel loved by you when you are able to hold space and and actually care mm-hmm. about the feelings that are true inside of me. And when we're able to honor and care about and hold space, and when I'm able to ask you for what I want and need with you, and you're able to ask me for what you want and need with me, this is what love looks like. And my capacity 
to feel loved, my ability to feel loved by you will be directly proportionate to my willingness to be in need. That's from uh, Schulte as well. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not willing to be in need, yeah. I will not know what it is to feel loved. Yeah. And everything in our culture tells us being in need is weakness. Independence. Yes. Like stand on your own two feet. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and we're taught that's what maturity is. And it's not true. It takes 60% more glucose to the brain to talk myself off the ledge than it does to turn to someone. Right. My very biology <laughs> betrays the idea that I should be able to kind of get it together on my own. Right. We're not made like that. No, we're made for relationships. We're made for into me see. Yes. And because the culture is is teaching us and training us and discipling us into this idea that we shouldn't have big feelings, that we should detach from this thing called a heart. Let's live in a mind and strength space or world. And, uh, you know, I should be able to go off on my own and recenter and reground all this stuff. Well, because of all of that, I got to deal with the fact that I'm not like that at all. Right. And so, or I have to live in denial. And here's what denial is. That, also, Schulte, denial is a three-step process. Okay. It's see, feel, deal. Uh, I'm not going to see what I see, <laughs> so I don't have to feel what I'm going to feel about it, Right. so I don't have to deal with it. Yeah. I'm not going to see it, so I don't have to feel it, so I don't have to deal with it. Well, now you're just in denial. And let's get back to the church conversation, because this is a church podcast. Yeah. The church, and I was a pastor for 21 years, and so I, I'm not going to point fingers at the church and accuse sorry, them. Sorry, I'm gonna, Jake. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to accuse myself. Like the th- right. This comment, the finger is pointing at me as a guy who was a pastor for 21 years. I constantly used theology and Bible verses and Christian cliche sure. and all kinds of copes within yeah. the church to live in denial and to perpetuate denial and to encourage other people to be in denial too. Yeah. God's got you. Yeah, he's the great healer. Right. Um, you know, uh, do not be afraid. The Bible says three hundred sixty-five times. Like all of this is denial. It's not. It's not true faith or theology or whatever. Right. Choose faith, not fear. Yeah. What a denial statement that is. Right. Choose faith, not fear. You can't right. do that. I didn't choose the fear in the first place. Right. Sure as heck can't choose faith. Right. What I can do is in my faith confess my fear and show up to God and ask Him to be in it with me, and then show up in, to you and say, into me, see, and talk about how scared I am, and invite you to be into it with me, and then you get to say, yeah, I'll hold that space with you. Now we're having a truly Christian and Christ-like experience. Yeah, but the compounding problem with that, the compounding problem is, first of all, I'm told fear is bad, and if I admit, now now I'm afraid to say that I'm afraid. So there's the it's the fear on top of the fear. I'm I'm afraid, but also if I tell you I'm afraid, I'm afraid to tell you I'm afraid because then you will look at me yeah. as though somehow I'm inferior. I'm I I how it 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 just it snowballs. So it's easier from the seat of fear yeah. to not say anything. That's exactly right. And so here we are. Uh, <laughs> instead of feeling all that fear, taking a risk with you, yeah. let's go log into porn. Let's go pour a glass of wine. Right. Let's go binge watch Netflix. Right. Let's let's call all our friends and just go have a shallow social experience. Let's plan a trip. Let's go work harder and longer yeah. and more hours and let's take on more pro- like yeah. this is why it happens. Right. And and it just snowballs into this this is how I live. It does it's, it's an operating system. It is. It's it's how we and if you're paying attention um, to the frenetic nature of our culture, mm-hmm. 
and the explosion of, let's just say, streaming companies. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why it's exploding. Yeah. Because there is an insatiable appetite yeah. for content mm -hmm. to keep me from life. Yes. Um, and my, by that we mean from my own heart. Right. It's why, you know, the internet has, I don't know, a bazillion sites that you can go to. I don't know yeah. how many. Yeah. Right? It's like a never-ending... Um, I've talked to people who just get lost in Facebook for a couple hours. Yeah. And don't even realize it. And I've done that. Right? Probably yeah. not Facebook, but other similar yeah. platforms. I've done that. Yeah. I, you know, or, you know, Wayfair, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's taking shopping to a, you can just sit in your couch and you, <laughs> you have an endless supply of things to shop for and not have to feel anything. anything. Right. You don't even have to go anymore and talk to a person mm -hmm. to buy something. Yeah. It's just point click or touch your screen and Voila, it and, shows and, up at my house. And that's and they an don't incredibly even... safe. You know, the reason that that is becoming more and more uh, desired yeah. is because if I have to engage with a human being at any level, chances are I'm going to have feelings because they're probably having feelings. Yeah. Or they're going to do something that's going to make me have feelings. It's also why I'm irritable with my kids and my wife. <laughs> like, why do I come home from work and, and I start kind of having edge with my wife and my kids? Well, because they're probably going to make me have feelings. Feelings. Yes. And I don't want to have feelings, so what do I do? I dismiss them. I rage at them right. a little bit. I get cranky. I yeah. act annoyed. I roll my eyes. I And it exposes your heart. It exposes it exposes you. Yeah. I but, don't want to have these. Right. Yeah. And and I, I was thinking about it the other day. I was just thinking, you know, I can sit here in my house, order all my food, order everything I need. Probably do ninety percent of my job. Control my environment completely. Yes. To ensure and and the reality is is they'll come and just put everything on my doorstep. I don't even have to talk to the person nope. who delivers the stuff nope. to my house. No, that's right. Oh my gosh, we have created a culture that can isolate you in ways that we never dreamed of. Yeah. And so we find ourselves more and more trying to figure out how, to, and this is the struggle of the church. The struggle of the church, in my opinion, and it has been the struggle for, I've been a pastor since a long time ago, <laughs> 1989. There, there is this, um, how do we create community in a culture that's constantly telling you it's not valuable? Yeah. How do you create relationship where you go, yeah, I want you to see into me. I want intimacy yeah. with you i want yeah. you to know me yes or even the church says it's valuable but no one has the capacity or infrastructure to actually have it i'll, I'll just tell you right now because we can make you busy too getting together and doing an intellectual <laughs> academic engagement in a bible study and debating about theology and having italian night and everybody bring a dish and helping each other move that that is some level of community in a mind and strength space, which again, I'm not going to minimize. That's important. <laughs> right up my alley, mind and yeah. strength, right. That, yeah. That's important. And right. there is some level of connection around that, but it's not heart connection. Right. Heart connection is when I can show up and I can say, into me, see. Mm -hmm. uh, my son 
is having this kind of a challenge and here's what I feel about it. And other people feel what they feel when I show up with that and they go, here's what's going on to me as you show up with that. And it's connecting to their story. I remember when I walked through this with my son or yeah. uh, somebody shows up and like, here's what's, you know, I'm feeling in my marriage and someone else goes, man, I'm having these feelings. Here's what's true of our marriage. And this is the kind of intimacy and vulnerability and connection that people don't have the skills for. Well, no one taught us how. No one's been taught how. Which brings me full circle. That's what I think Plum Light is about. Yes. <laughs> we help people reattach their heart. Is yeah. one of the systems, right? We, we do yeah. work with more systems than just the heart. Yeah. But if you want to work with me, you're going to start with heart. Yeah. It all starts with the heart. And it's like, we help you get your heart back, get it reattached, get it nourished. Yeah. We help you grow the muscles. And it's so funny when people think about this as like some kind of a weak, childish type of a thing. And I just... I look at big burly men who like to mock it a little bit, and I just say, "Man, you do not have the courage to come and sit with me and do hard work. Like, you you'd be better off going to hunt grizzly bears or repelling Australian style down a cliff, yeah, than to come sit with me and and get your heart back. It's it's not for the faint of heart. It's not to come I, I can to go on a journey after your heart and yeah. and to open yourself up to grow these muscles, but it changes." everything about the power of your life, the passion of your life, the vision of your life, the way your relationships work. Yeah, the relationships change the most because yes. now you hear, you want to hear the other person's heart mm -hmm. rather than, I, I, I can't, you know, part of, part of my great regret, I have regrets of parenting mm -hmm. is I didn't allow my kids their deepest feelings. God. I wish I had that over again. And you never get those years back. No, you don't. And, they're over and i don't I, and i'm learning to do it better with my wife like don't you, you shouldn't I, I i've said this to her you shouldn't feel that way mm -hmm. and ah, uh, we're still sh sh trying to get shame that yeah people when they have yeah. feelings can i yeah. get that back yeah can i just suck that back in yeah. all yeah. the times i said that to you i'm sorry Lori. but there's there's a um i was that's how i knew life yeah and, and me too I knew life from mm -hmm. the standpoint of I shouldn't feel that way. Yeah. Why do I feel that way? And it and so then I just transferred that into my relationships, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than just sitting and going, "Man, that makes me sad," or yeah. "That makes me glad," or yeah. "That makes me whatever." Mm -hmm. I'm joining with you in that yes. emotion, and it brings empathy. It brings compassion. It brings um, a connection in the heart that you don't yes. get in the mind. Yes. Or, or just doing stuff with people. Yes. But you right. can find your way to the heart in those other places. You just got to know how. That's right. So if, if I don't have, you know, 12 weeks to come to a, uh, a plumb line group. Yeah. How, how do you envision, I know this is a hard question and I know we didn't talk about this. So yeah. this is, where do we leave people yeah. with, with how to, you know, I, you know, if, if you're listening to this and you go, yeah, I got a bunch of copes. I got a bunch of things that I do to not feel, or yeah. um, I'm beginning to understand the connection between addiction and coping in my heart. I'm starting to understand all these connections. Yes, um, we've we've encouraged people to talk to a pastor. We've encouraged people to talk to a therapist. We've you know, and this is we're, we're now talking about a group that's called yes. Plumline. Um, there's other groups out there, I'm sure. Yes, but wh what do you think? Where do you, yeah. where would we want to just leave this? In, and and 
honestly, they can talk to me. They can talk to you. I mean, I don't know how much of your information you want to give out on this podcast, but it's basically Journey Church people. Sure. Um, but Sure. Yeah, you can absolutely uh, talk to me. You can schedule a call with me on our website, which is just goplumline.com. Okay. Uh, no B in Plumline, G-O-P-L-U-M-L-I-N-E.com. Yeah. Uh, I'd be happy to grab a, a, a Zoom call and, and chat through some stuff, but the... the the main idea is like, what do you, how do you, what do you do when you log off of this podcast? Start to practice living life with your heart, like not from it. The heart doesn't get to drive the bus, but just <laughs> yeah, that's it, another part. including it right. in, in what you, in your life. And so just start to care about yeah. and pay attention to the feelings that are true inside of you when they're true. If you want to take another step, you can start to journal about it. It's like, man, in that meeting today, I was something happened. I was having feelings. And just after the meeting, go pull out a journal and be curious with yourself. What was that? Yeah. Was, was it fear? Was it hurt when he said what he said? Was it shame? Like, you know, was it guilt that I do something wrong? Like, you know, and start to be curious with yourself and even just write about it, uh, you know, in a, in a journal. Um, one of the cheapest ways to formalize that process is I do have an app. Oh, yeah. It's called Shema Way. It's better spell that. S-H-A-M-A-H. Yep. W-A-Y. Yep. Shema Way. It's in the app store. So uh, just go search in your app store for S-H-A-M-A-H. Um, there's a... a week free so at least go yep. do it for a week yep. uh, and then it's like i don't know it's 6.99 or something like a month after that a couple lattes a month <laughs> but you can use this app to start to practice showing up to god with your heart yeah. so the whole thing like there there's actually it's it's daily guided audio um, mm-hmm. meditations yep. that starts with what feelings are true inside you today and you can actually within the app Tap them, select them right. on the on your iPad or on your computer, or on your right. uh, your phone or your Android. You can actually t- um, tap them if you want to. There's a journaling feature. You don't have to use that, but you can type right into the phone. Like the, the question after you say, "Here's the feelings that are true inside of me today," and it gives you a bunch of options. It says, "Who or what are those feelings about?" And yeah. you get to start to um, kind of reflect and be curious with yourself about what are these feelings I'm having about. You start to honor them and care about them, and then it kind of moves into soul, and it, you ask God. How do you want to be with me and what I'm experiencing? Right. So now we're actually inviting God into our life experience, into and with us. And how do you want to be with me in this? What do you want to say to me right. about these feelings I'm experiencing? It does eventually go to mind, and it gives you a, a verse of the day and a little devotional, you know, type of thing. It says, "What are your thoughts, insights, or questions about today's verse and insights?" And then it it does end in strength. So yep. ask our Father. Uh, what step are you asking me to make today? And it even includes neighbor. If I make this step, how's that going to serve others today? That's awesome. So yes, um, and I've yeah. I've I've got that app, and I've done the free week. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm yeah. glad you took advantage of that. <laughs> and and um, it is helpful. I'm I'm uh, I want to encourage you. Uh, thank you, Jake. You've 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 touched my life personally, and uh, and I know you've touched many others. And uh, your ministry is 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 unique. In its approach to um, helping people find their way through things like this, and so thank you. Keep going. Um, I want to thank you for joining us on the Journey Now podcast today, and I hope you're enjoying this season. I'm going to have Jake back at some other point uh, when we talk more about soul. And uh, but um, thanks for joining us today on Journey Now, and tell your friends. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you would share a screenshot of this episode to your Instagram story and tag us at journey underscore TN. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app.